we're back with a very special guest, Tom Stab of Monkey Tennis, the unofficial Alan Partridge podcast fame. He joins us to discuss dream dates with Kevin Pressman, Leighton Baines, Brit Pop hero, Tom Tom Zola, Mokoku, and Shawful secret FPL identity. Hirao! Well, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Hangover. We are in Season 2, Episode 22, and we have a special guest. I'm joined by Will Nichols, as always. I'm not special. No, he's not special, but he is here. Um, So, we're very pleased to welcome to the show one of the brains behind Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, described as one of the best TV and film podcasts by The Telegraph. They've featured amazing guests, such as Stephen Mangan and Simon Greenall, uh, from the Alan Partridge various series. Uh, Monkey Tennis has gathered a fierce reputation as one of the finest Partridge podcasts in town. Uh, he's a passionate Wednesday fan, a member of the Green Party, currently mid-table fodder with European aspirations in the Fantasy fa- Football Hangover All-Star League. So it gives me great pleasure to say, knowing us, Fantasy Football Hangover, knowing you, Tom Stab. Zaha. Zaha. Very Welcome good. Welcome to the show, mate. Very good. A lot, of effort goes, a lot of effort goes into those intros, doesn't it? Uh, well, uh, I mean, well, okay, you're right. I, I hope it sounds like a lot. It appears like a lot of effort has gone to the, uh, into, into the intro. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. So, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. I've been yeah. wanting to come on for We've quite been, a while. And, and thank you so much. So we should say to the listeners, I mean, we posted a few things yesterday. Um, Joe from the Amazons was, was due to join us today. Unfortunately, he had a bit of a family circumstance so we're going to have him on hopefully in a few weeks and Tom has very valiantly stepped into the breach I'm like a panicked deadline day signing where you can't quite get your number one target (laughs) over the line in time so you default to Kim Kallstrom to (laughs) to, to plug a gap and his famous cracked back yeah (laughs) oh yeah yeah an emergency loan goalkeeper let's say yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, but thank you we've been trying to get you on for a while so it's it's brilliant that that, um, everything's aligned to, Mm. to make this this happen so um Obviously, Monkey Tennis is incredibly successful. Season 9 is about to drop. Yeah, we recorded it weekend just gone. We're looking to put that out, depending on our producer's availability to get all the episodes edited, beginning of April sort of time. And we've got... Yeah, we did did a bulk record over the weekend, and that was uh, 11 episodes in two and a half days. So that's our entire Series 9 locked, uh, just needing to be edited, and then, yeah, put out at the beginning of April. So looking forward to getting that out. Covering Know Me Knowing You, the radio show from yeah. 1992. So, um, for those of you who haven't heard of Monkey Tennis, we've basically worked our way through the Alan Cannon um, all the way up to from starting with I'm Alan Partridge, series one and two. Gone through basically everything: the film, the books, uh, Mid Morning Matters, both series. Uh, we recently covered in our most in our two most recent series, we covered uh, Nomad, the book from 2016, and this time the uh, BBC uh, show that went out roughly this time last year, um, and now for the for the um, most recent series, we've taken it back, back all the way back to 1992 for the first Alan only vehicle so he'd been in the day to day at this yeah, point uh, on the hour talking football um, of course exactly <laughs> big um, football fan yeah massive football <laughs> yeah. fan um, and uh, yeah so we, we, we've we've kind of done all of the more recent modern stuff and now we've taken it back and yeah Don't Me Know You the TV show was the first ever fully Alan only um, project so um, it was great 
um, covering that because I wasn't particularly familiar with it. So, because um, my entry point was I'm Alan Partridge Series Two. Yeah. So that would have right. been about 2002. So that was the first sort of big Alan Partridge. Um, sort of moment for me, what I got into because that was it was around the same time as The Office as well. So yeah, it was all, yeah. in the, in at school, everyone quoting that and, yeah. and comparing the two series. Yeah. So um, that was my entry point. So to, I'd never listened to the radio shows before. So it was really interesting oh, to go back it? and see the gen- genesis of the character. Yeah. Was it quite nostalgic? I guess. Well, having it, dug so deeply into well, most recently Nomad, like yeah. kind of the, of the line. It wasn't particularly nostalgic. It was more interesting than anything mm. because it's a credit to those writers that put that show together um, it was uh, uh, Steve Coogan uh, uh, Armando Iannucci and, and Patrick Marber it's a credit to them that that character effectively came out fully formed in that radio show where there'd only right. been fleeting appearances mm. they built this whole character and there is some stuff that has maintained all, the, all th- in the through line all the way through to current Partridge and there's stuff that isn't there anymore so obviously he's, he's, he's evolved over the course of time but there are still elements that are core and key to Alan that are still there in that are there in 1992, and he's moving into podcasts now. He the is, Alan yeah. Official podcast. We, we he did an interview um, recently on the on the promo trail for um, Greed, the film he's in, mm. mm-hmm. and yeah, he did mention that there was a podcast coming. No information on what that is. No idea how many episodes, where it's going to be. No idea. Nothing. Nothing like that at all. We know that it's coming this year, but we just don't don't know when. And a podcast covering a podcast—that's as about as meta as you can get. Yeah, yeah We've got. You know, is it going to go out weekly? Is it going to all be dropped in one go? Like we don't have that information, so it's like we don't really know how we're going to cover it until we've heard it. So, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. But um, I mean, it's keeping us doing it, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Fresh I, material. I, I so actually good. have a bit of insight on that, which I will reveal off air because I can't say it on oh, air. Oh, well, huge! Yeah, actually, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, nice. And what do you think, Alan, would make of uh, his? his team Norwich's current prevails I think right so there's a, there's a scene in Alpha Papa where they go into Alan where like I guess it's kind of like his, his um, like man cave or, or study or office or whatever and um, there's a there's a framed picture on the wall of him at Norwich City's ground at Carrow Road with Delia Smith now obviously that means he has in the Allen universe yeah. been to a Norwich City mm. game but was that only just to sort of try and rub shoulders with the Norwich elite with the Delias and the Colemans of, of this world so I would say that he would be he would go to a game and he would be asked what he thinks about a certain player or how the team's going and, and he would have no idea he wouldn't have done his research despite the fact that he would have been invited to this thing and no, like you do your research but of course yeah. Alan wouldn't do his research so I don't think he's got any inter- I don't think he's got any interest in sport to be honest no. yeah. like he's just you know, as proven on, yeah, yeah. on the day to day but I, mm-hmm. I think I was thinking about this before is he a Norwich fan I think he would be a massive glory hunter Right. Okay. He'd just be last season. Song. He'd have been a Man City fan. He's right, currently yeah, yeah. a Liverpool fan. Like he yeah. would just move move his allegiance <laughs> to whoever is doing best, yeah. or a team where the players have the nicest haircuts, or yeah. something where they are. The, I mean, that's the a no team polite, these days. Isn't yeah, it? The, the most polite players or whatever. Um, so, so we should yeah. think about your team, Tom. So you're currently mid-table I in mean, the best football hangover league, kind of hovering. I'm literally about as mid-table as you can get, <laughs> yeah. um, and that's kind of where I've, I've made a decent start. But I fell. I had a very, very bad sort of uh, autumn and fell away a bit. But I've had a couple of re- decent weeks um, in the last month or so. Um, I am a bit of a tinkerer. Yeah, I'm a bit of a Ranieri when it comes to my fantasy team. Like I'm very reactive. 
Um, and I always play my wild card way too early. Oh, really? Uh, basically, that sounds go, like me. After like two or three <laughs> weeks, I'm like, this isn't working. I'm going to have to. And then I'm react. I'm react. Uh, I react to like who who's performing brilliantly, who's doing really well. Get them all in, and then. It goes to yeah. it goes to Rich and Rob call me Will the Hitman Nichols. Yeah. So I often <laughs> take hits, but I've been very good this season. Not yeah, you've hits, normally done all your I'm tricks. I'm actually doing pretty well at the moment. My so. my only my only sort of like tip or whatever I or thing that I do with fantasy football every every single year, which has 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 put me in good stead, is. I always pick a team that has come up and who is that striker who's going to play every single game and yeah. who is going to who is going to score goals. So I've had Pookie in from day dot. Um I remember a few years ago I had um uh, Andy Carroll uh, for when he was playing for Newcastle the season he really probably oh, right. broke yeah, through yeah, in the yeah. Premier League yeah. in Newcastle was like he's going to play next yeah. season and he scored quite a few goals. Um so that's kind of I'm trying to think of other ones but I think um that that's my, that's my only one thing that I try and always do which is have a striker of the team one of the teams that's come up who's definitely going to play every single game and yeah. if they're going to score any goals it's going to be that guy so in this in this season it was it was Pookie and then the only other thing that I do is just always have Kevin De Bruyne because I think he's the best player yeah, yeah he's yeah. amazing he's incredible and I don't really care that probably I'm guessing I don't know this more than 50% of people have him in, in, in fantasy football I don't care I just I, I love him yeah. <laughs> yeah well he's the one the one player in that City team who's going to start every week he's, the he's only, only like just over 10 million like yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a, a steal. He's well, well worth it, and if you don't have him, you're missing out. Is the mm. is my worry as well? Whenever I've not, had yeah, him, exactly. Like, oh. I just like to see him do well. I just think he seems like a nice boy. <laughs> Alan nice. would like him. I think. <laughs> yeah, a nice young man, good man. Good old yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Um, but speaking of tips, we should get into our tips for this week and go with sixteen sixty. Alright Tom, who you got? Matt Doherty from everyone's second favourite club, Wolves 6.2 million and 6.3% owned Not only does he chip in with goals and assists But their next few games are against Brighton, West Ham, Bournemouth and Villa Next up, it's a Wolves double As at the opposite end of the pitch, I go with Hotter 6.3 million and 6.6% owned 15 goals in 35 games in all competitions this season Including 6 in his last 4 And they've got some nice looking fixtures coming up as mentioned nice. Lovely Right, well I have started off with KDB The aforementioned KDB Arguably the best choice for the double game week 19 points against Arsenal earlier in the season And he was rested against Villa in the League Cup final And Pierre... Emmerich Aubameyang easy for me to say Uh, just for the West Ham game alone seven games since West Ham's last clean sheet 17 goals conceded in that time Rich go nice well I've also got Matt Doherty as uh, Tom said great shout three attacking returns in his last couple of games and secondly I went for Ishmael Assar who was the best player on the pitch against Liverpool he was great before he got injured he's still only 1.4% owned he's got some good pitch Mm, you went over a little bit, but we'll allow that. I mean, possibly my fault. I wasn't left my line. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but uh, they're great. They're great shouts. I was very tempted by uh, Abamyang and and Hyota is on insane form at the moment. Yeah, and what, the other thing I didn't realise when doing a bit of research today, he's only twenty three as well. Like, is he really? He is. He's pretty that. young in the grand scheme of things, and I, I can't imagine it'll be too long before a real big club is knocking on the door for him yeah. I mean it, you know, Wolves probably don't have to sell so it would take a ridiculous bid for him to go but as soon as a big club is interested and he wants to go I think 
a lot of clubs could do a lot worse than looking at him in the summer. Yeah, and he came up with from the championship with them, didn't he? Yeah. Which is quite, I, quite I, nice. I know that everyone probably is feeling the same after a bad game week 28, but mm-hmm. I'm like properly wanting to wildcard now yeah. to get in all Itchy. of these players. Like, I want Alonso back. I mean, Alonso is suddenly no, there's an Alonso renaissance. Like, yeah, he's he's scored two two, in the ten it? games that he's played this season. He's scored seventy one points, which puts his average wow. at seven point ten, seven point wow. one, yeah. which is actually more than uh, like Trent Alexander Arnold. I mean, that is ten games spread across the season, obviously. Mm. Like, but he has started the last two games, so yeah. if he's starting consistently then yeah as you say those luscious locks would be making their way back into my team that's for sure and then like even I mean I know we talked about Bruno Fernandes last week he's got to be in those people's yeah, teams now that he's been he's scored every time yeah he's he just does everything man you know yeah. do that's and good. then yeah Do- having Doherty back as a player he was my favourite last points. season yeah, yeah same yeah he scored a lot of points for me last season it's sort of and yeah and Yotta like everyone there's so many players now that I'm like damn I want to get rid of everyone yeah, like, it's gone beyond a four point hit hasn't I feel it like, <laughs> I feel like Danny Ings is broken we've broken uh, Danny Ings I think Yotta's broken Traore potentially yeah Traore's so. broken so Vardy like, as well yeah, yeah Vardy's definitely broken I've given yeah. up on him. him him having a baby broke him that's, that's <laughs> what happens just, just don't do it players yeah. he needs another like some other kind of scandal to give him a kick up the arse I know yeah that's that's what, That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what could Vardy's next? Yeah, bad news. Be. Bad news seems to pick yeah. him up. Good news brings <laughs> him down. Him down. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't get an England call up anytime soon. So there's <laughs> there's a double game week coming up this week. Now, recently the, announced. Only announced yesterday. So. so recently, I had to on my fixtures hand write Manchester City <laughs> versus yeah. Arsenal. Um, but yeah, would you go anyone outside KDB from City? Uh, it's so difficult to know. I think he'll start both games, won't he? Has to, yeah. They're big games as well. It's not like they're easy games. It's United and Arsenal, so mm. it's I, not. There's any easy game, but you feel like he's gonna play ninety minutes in both games, and he'll knock in a couple of assists at least. You think so? The only um, other player that I was considering for my um, sixteen sixty was uh, Fernandinho because. Yeah. He's admittedly in the in fancy football in midfielder, but he's going to play both games. And mm. you know, he with Laporte out, that's some points you're going to get from there. I mean, it's, it's guaranteed points because he's going to play both games. Does chip in with the odd goal, but I think you know he's going to keep a clean sheet. Um, yeah, that was that was, an, and he's pretty cheap as well. So yeah. if, you, if, if you're looking for a cheap, he's around five point two, I think. Yeah. So yeah, if you're looking for someone cheap just to fill a gap, like you could do worse than that to put him in for two games where he's definitely oh, yeah. going to play. Definitely for Man for Man City, five point two million is. Bargain, yeah, isn't absolute it? Absolute bargain. And then Arsenal, obviously, their two fixtures slightly, slightly different. West Ham at and home, Man and City then Man away. City away. <laughs> but uh, that's where I'm kind of considering captaining Aubameyang, just because that West Ham fixture, you've got to, got to uh, see yeah. him scoring. I've been hovering between him and Salah, and it's changed three times this week already. I just don't know who's <laughs> captain. But I think I will go with Aubameyang. I think with a double, you've just kind you've of got, got to captain yeah, a double. He player, will start both you? games. Have you still got your triple captain left? Yes. Have you got yours, Tom? No, I don't think. No, I think I played it with Salah already. Yeah, yeah. I, I played it. Oh, you with, played Trent, didn't you? In the, yes, uh, with Trent. Yeah, in the punchy little move. Liverpool double game week. It did all right. It did better than last season, where I think I got like six points. <laughs> in my triple, so, uh, it, it, I think he got an assist and the clean sheet <clears throat> in those two games. That's so fine. That was fine. Anything more than six is a bonus, right? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it was. But yeah, any any other? Well, we'll look at the fixtures later in the in the episode, I guess, won't we? But yeah, we'll get into that towards the end. So, Tom, we uh, normally have a feature and we have a guest on called Five Aside, but for this week we've renamed it Stab in the Dark. Great, love it. Which is what I hope you'd like. I guess as a 
little co- uh, parallel with your co-host of Monkey Tennis as well. Yep, yeah, Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom Dark. Shout out, Tom. Ever think about stabbing Tom Dark? <laughs> no, I mean, at, at some point during the recording process, doing two and a half, uh, doing eleven episodes over the course of two and a half days, I think we all probably want to stab yeah. each other at least <laughs> yeah. one point. Oh, yeah, so You'd yeah, be inhuman if you do. But that. I would say ninety-nine percent of the time, I don't want to stab Tom. All Dark, right, Tom. No. Tom, you're safe. <laughs> so if you want to reach into our, our bag, our bag of questions, it is a dark this bag. Is, this is like FA Cup draw. I love yep. this FA Cup draw. Will bag. has warmed some of the questions previously. My <laughs> ones. I put five in, and Rich has put five in. Riches are a lot longer than mine, I must uh, say. Sorry, Will. This is a long question. Oh, there we Probably go. Mine then. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an invite to your favourite restaurant, free reign of the menu and wine list for as long as you like with all expenses covered. You can take Steve Coogan or Kevin Pressman. Oh. Who do you go with and why? Now, I think you're going to think I'm going to say Steve Coogan, but I don't think the... O- if I'm going to meet Steve Coogan, I want to be in the vicinity of podcast recording equipment uh, with nice. the other guests. And if I'm not able to get that in this restaurant, in this dream scenario, and I'm not with the other members of the of the Monkey Tennis team, I think that would be a little bit unfair. And also, I would just really, really love to talk to Kevin Pressman and eat pies with him or something like that. Yes. So, because I reckon he's a bit of a pie man, to be oh, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was a, he was a big boy, even uh, even when even in his professional playing heyday. So. I think I've got a feeling he's he is or was goalkeeping coach at Millwall. Okay. So maybe he could pay, take me somewhere around there for uh, I don't know. I know it's technically like East London, but maybe pie and mash pie and, and liquor yeah. with Kevin Pressman. Now that's a day out. That, that is. is a day out. That's, and that's a format. And I reckon he likes <laughs> a beer as well. Yeah. I'm sure he does. I reckon, reckon he likes a beer. So uh, yeah, those are the reasons. I, I would love to know what it was like playing in that Wednesday team or being in that Wednesday squad when I first got into football which was 92-93 which was the year we finished 7th in the league got to both FA Cup and League Cup yes. finals and beat Sheffield United in the FA Cup semi-final all at Wembley he was in the squad for that um, and then through the sort of 90s and, and the sort of demise I know it may not be the, the most jovial of conversations but it would have been it would be interesting to see what it was like on the inside of that because he was you know when we were stalwarts in the Premier League he was our number one for for a number of years and mm. is, and is a played hundreds of games for us and is and is a you know not even a cult hero I think just a bit of a hero at Wednesday even though you know he wasn't necessarily the best goalkeeper even like in his heyday he, he took so long to get down for shots <laughs> but <laughs> was we a lo- massive character yeah but we loved fans him fans love that we absolutely loved him and he was a bit of a hero so yeah there we go Kevin Pressman also I'd like to um, to tell me the story about the scoring. That penalty against Wolves, where he takes the best penalty yes. of all time. If you haven't seen it, go onto YouTube and look up Kevin Pressman penalty versus Wolves. Um, how how many times he'd like practiced penalties before? Because yeah. that was the I, maybe apart from Jose Chilavert, the only keeper I knew who had ever taken a penalty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he absolutely leathered it right in the top corner, and like the, the, you hear the actual sort of gasp and surprise from Andy Gray and Martin Tyler from on the commentary because they just didn't see it coming it's so brilliant but yeah Kevin Pressman in awesome. go for pie and mash yeah, yeah that sounds like I mean I think we'll and try and get in on that day actually it sounds fantastic do you want to grab another another question yes which current player would you like to have as a guest on Monkey Tennis now you'd need someone who is the only one that springs to mind like you'd need someone who kind of has an appreciation of the 90s I think so it couldn't be anyone young Mm. it would have to be someone who yeah is pretty 
pretty familiar with the 90s and my immediate thought is Leighton Baines because nice. he well loves the 90s does he yeah. oh yeah like the sort of mod haircut he, he, looks, looks, like, he looks like he does lo- yeah. loves Oasis plays he's a big like, Britport fan yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. I reckon if by that extension if he really loves the 90s he would be a Partridge fan so that's the first one that springs to mind I can't I don't know if I can think of any other, so I'm just going to go with my first answer, Leighton Baines. Yeah, and that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. He rocks the look, doesn't he? Yeah, he's. Um, I think he actually sort of plays. He actually plays the guitar as well. But yeah, he's a bit of a mod. Likes Britpop. Yeah. I think he'd. Uh... FPL legend as well. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Just, yeah, I I pretty much had him. I had him pretty much every season. Yeah. I think. Absolutely incredible player. Which is your favourite version of Championship Manager, and who would be the player you always sign? So we should flag that Tom used to work at Sports Interactive. I did. Right? I, yeah. For about three years, I worked. At, I had the honour of working at Sports Interactive. So I got to fulfil a bit of a childhood dream of, of working on on Football Manager for 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 a few years. And that is a game that I I remember exactly. My in in W H Smith in uh, Western Fable Shopping Centre in Northampton. One, my my dad was going to buy me a game, and for whatever reason, I pointed at this PC box that said Championship Manager Two on it, ninety seven, ninety eight, and I was like, I want, can I get that? And I got that, and I was just hooked ever since. Yeah. Every version, I bought every single version. Yeah. Even since I've I've left FM, I've bought every single version yeah. every single year. It is scary if I go through Steam and I clock up all the hours that I've played oh. on those oh. and that's not including all the years before Steam when it was just when a PC boxy when it didn't count it would be thousands mm. of hours thousands oh, yeah. and thousands and thousands of hours and I never get bored of it I never I love it so much it's so great I spend a lot of downtime playing it I've got a Dortmund save on the go at the moment um, which is a lot of fun you think they're better than they actually are actually or maybe my tactics aren't working but um, they've just had the winter transfer updates. So they've got Haaland in there. They've got Emre Chan in mm. there. Um, so I'm having a bit of fun with Dortmund. But normally, I mean, even my, my sort of... Sc- I know I know loads of people like from working at SI and then like other people who play the game who like go and manage in like Argentina and like uh, Australia and the USA and, and the Scandies and stuff like that. Every single season, the demo comes out. I pick a, t- a random team, but as soon as the full game comes out, Sheffield Wednesday save. Yeah, away. yeah and that's absolutely. just Sheffield Wednesday save for for like twenty years in game. Yeah. Like that's that's all the time. I feel like I kind of scratch this tiny little one percent of what football manager could be. But I'm just like I just really like just managing my football team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. The the coolest thing I think possibly in my life was when the first FM game that I worked on was FM 15 and anyone who works at the company comes in as a as a new gen oh yeah. wow I didn't you, know that when, when you start so there, there will be That's people brilliant. in your game who are, I know and who are and, and, and what is funny is that there are there were there were regens in my game previously that kept popping up and then I met the actual oh, person <laughs> met, worked with the actual person so there was a guy it. called um, Nicola Aldrin who worked there who was my star Arsenal centre back about three years before oh. and then I met the actual guy so what I love Amazing. is this somewhere yeah, in the really world cool. somewhere in the world there was someone playing the English save and I was their five star wonder kid yeah. that yeah. was banging in goals and I, I always signed myself in the game no matter how crap I was, <laughs> I, it was that was the coolest thing 
I think has ever happened. Yeah, that is amazing. Just the the thought and idea that someone, because someone did find me on Twitter and posted a screen grab of their save where I was like a four star regen for Villa. And like (laughs) someone found me and and, and tweeted me the image of it. And I was like, that's so, so cool. That's cool. That's really, I was like, I was the biggest thing, the the most disappointing thing about, you know, moving on from that job um, was that I was no longer going to be in the game. Yeah. yeah. That, and That's like tough. you can create yourself, but once you've had it, once Dumb. you've had it legit, yeah, yeah, that's, you cut, it, it's, no just not the it's, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. So every now and then I sort of open uh, FM 15 or 16, let it run for a season <laughs> and, see, and see where I am. But yeah, that was easily the coolest thing about the job. That is good. I had Amazing. a guy, um, there's a kid who lived at the end of my road um, when I was growing up called Reese Weston, who he lived above the pub at the bottom of the street. And he saw, I, I knew him through primary school, he went to different secondaries and then they moved away. But he signed for Arsenal. Yeah, he signed so, for Arsenal and then went yeah. to Gillingham, didn't he? You yeah, played for Gillingham. Yeah, but I remember signing him and that was quite mm. nostalgic, like like reuniting with the you know, year old kid <laughs> I used to play football with in the pub car park. Yeah, my nice. um, my sister once met Jamie Clapham. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, He's yeah. a left back, played for Ipswich. Ipswich Spurs, Spurs, yeah. Orient. Um, I feel like he's now um, like manager of Lincoln or somewhere like that. Um, but she met him and his girlfriend once on holiday in like Greece or somewhere mm. um, and came back and then he they stayed in touch and he came over to my parents house when I was probably <laughs> like 11 um, that's like he peak was at, 90s I think he was at Tottenham that's peak Jamie Clapham and so I used to, I used to without <laughs> fail I would sign him every single CM save or FM save and then if I was England manager always call him up as left back I love this you're like, Jamie Clapham stan and every, everyone at school would know me for loving Jamie Clapham it was like obsessed with Jamie, Jamie Clapham, Clapham. Fan club. amazing um, yeah England's best number three who never played for England <laughs> Um, and did you have I mean in any of those versions did you have a, the classic the Tonton Zola McCoku oh, or so, Bakira Coglu or yep so all of those players Mikhail Dawson the, the, you could play centre back left back and right back um, <laughs> yeah. but Tonton Zola McCoku was my guy was he the that one? was the one I yeah. always signed he always I always signed him you could get him for about 600 great. grand I always gave him the number 25 shirt nice don't know why just and liked it always always signed him and the second coolest thing about <laughs> about working at SI was that he came into the office one day oh, when we named one way. of the meeting rooms after him. Oh, and brilliant. And I've got a photo on my phone, <laughs> which I can show you right now, of me so and the good. actual Tom Tom. Oh, that's amazing. He's such a mythical character to... S- so many millions of players. Yeah, exactly. And he was an absolute cult hero. He, I think, he was very bemused by the whole thing. Um, because <laughs> basically, um, there was a Dar- there was, derby you signed him from to start with, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he came over for um, someone had written a, a, a championship manager slash football manager book, and they were sort of interviewing the. Um, the sort of cult heroes mm. and he was one of them and they, he came over and sort of played in a five-a-side quite near uh, with us with some, one of the, some of the guys from the office um, but yeah like easily the second coolest thing was like meeting one of my footballing heroes who was never in any way shape or form successful in the game in, re- in, in football in real life <laughs> I love it he's such a yeah such a cherished person and it's funny it takes so many people back to a certain place and space and time to mention that name. Yeah, and it kind of, uh, it was a bit of a bonding experience for a number of me and my friends as well. Like we talk about our games, talk about our saves. Um, it was, yeah, it, it was kind of a real, um, I guess a kind of real sort of staple of my childhood growing up. And it's, I mean, it still is. It's, 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 it's amazing. And, you know, it's, it's, 
it's a testament to the guys at Sports Interactive that they've kept it as successful as they have over the years. You know, it's 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 amazing, really. I love it. What was the actual question that you asked when you pulled out? It the was bag? Fa- favorite remember. version and favorite and, version uh, and first player. player. So Fine. yeah, I always, always, always Tom Tom. We've probably got time for one more question. Yeah, yeah, fine, one more. Yeah. The latest series of Monkey Tennis digs into Knowing Me, Knowing You, radio, the radio series. Tell us about a couple of your favourite moments revisiting where it all started. So, yeah, we did this at the weekend, so it's quite fresh in the memory. As mentioned, I wasn't really familiar with the series, so it was nice to go in there and sort of discover how Alan began. And um, a couple of moments that stood out for me were... Uh, the young boy Simon Fisher the, uh, the precocious genius child mm. that Alan ends up punching in the face yeah. um, <laughs> he and is a dick he is a dick he is <laughs> a dick and I always thought that, that was kind of a bit of a standout and it would have been very difficult to translate that into television so I get why but it, it, that's a bit of a that's sort of a famous one the other one was uh, that I really liked was um, they have Tony Hares on there mm. so the genesis of the Tony Hares yes. Alan Partridge relationship mm-hmm. and again it's interesting to see that relationship start so you know there was the interaction on Know Me Knowing You the radio show he's in Knowing Me Knowing You all he's in obviously um, uh, sorry my mind's gone black he's in uh, he's in uh, I'm Alan Partridge series uh, series one played by David Schneider played yeah. by David Schneider yes exactly um, and any time that they those two interact and clash is a real highlight for me so any screen time where those two or, or, or audio or whatever format where those two are kind of Alan's getting something wrong um, uh, Tony's giving him bad news or any kind of interaction with those two is always a real highlight um, the other thing that from that series is that Patrick Marber's in it who's one of the, the co-writers of the original Partridge yep. um, and Knowing Me Knowing You his actual last act proper acting role was Knowing yeah. Me Knowing You the TV show wrote closer wrote closer yeah. and has gone on to be an incredibly successful playwright has a yeah. play on in the West End at the moment but the thing the point that I always keep coming back to when we cover stuff with him in it is that it's such a shame that he walked away from the camera because he is inc- he's an incredible yeah. comedic actor and some of the standout moments in both the radio series and Know Me Knowing You the TV show are him right. like, and it's such a shame obviously he went he, he had you know he wanted to do other things and obviously he's gone on to be very very successful so yeah. arguably he's, he completely did the right he thing was, he was he was in the day to day wasn't he Patrick he was, <laughs> Patrick but he interestingly in into he was the one who after on on the hour took the idea of Partridge to Coogan and said you right. need to develop this character because there's, there's oh, legs really? in this yeah it was his idea yeah. to, to sort of develop it further he was like there's legs in this this is going to make you famous this is going to be huge but he was totally against the transformation from it going into I'm Alan Partridge, wow. which is why he wasn't involved. Wow. He didn't want to do it. He's like, it, 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 we shouldn't do it as a sitcom. Gone it won't work. It won't work. It'll go, it, it's too far. It's too much jumping the shark. Yeah. But he was wrong in that regard. So it, it's interesting that it, the genesis really of taking it further was his idea, but not too far. Mm. And like I said, whenever he's in anything, um, Alan Partridge or acting in general he's so good he has yeah. such an incredible uh, gift and it's also natural to him amazing comic timing he's brilliant so I think it's a bit of a shame that he's not in it anymore I would love to have him loved for him to have made a comeback or cameo at some yeah. point but yeah. that's just that's you know he's drawn a line underneath that and fair enough because he's gone on to be very successful indeed great get in touch on FF Hangover on Twitter and on Fantasy Football Hangover on Facebook and Instagram.
Thanks for listening. So, I'll kick us off. We have had... I'm going to have to change his name on this. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's call him John Ringer. Let's go with that. <laughs> it's a strong uh, name. Ring dog. So, it, it inspired by my, reveal, my revelation about dream time, which is the time I have on Saturday and Sunday mornings where I watch oh, yeah. uh, lots of wrestling, EastEnders, catch-ups, any TV show I want... Uh, films, all the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, <laughs> my wife is asleep. Um, <laughs> this is Will Seeker on the last times. I've been Love told it. about John Ringer's uh, equivalent of this, which we'll call, let's call Poo Tube or Poo Time. So okay. he has revealed that um, he will go to the toilets at work at least four times a day for at least 15 minutes in those periods to watch. TV shows so he will be watching uh, he's managed to completely watch every episode of League of Gentlemen in that time <laughs> he has done <laughs> multiple series um, in the last couple of months doing wow. that uh, so and this is, every, this is every day yeah, and he's take an hour, hour long show split into four yeah. go right yeah or, or two half an hour shows and he can get so he can get through a series very quickly in that yeah. time I guess does some on the tube as well but most of it is done on, on the can so um, I want I do want to know if he has his trousers down whilst watching or if yeah. he just sits on the seat and uh, you know lid, lid closed and just goes with it I assume he's got headphones he's not just yeah. got it, got it out loud so. in the cubicle you would say, but what does he what do his colleagues think of him like he's going off for 15 minute shits yeah. I think like you four could, times a day I think you could get away with 15 minutes I think because you could just say, oh, I just went and went popped on, on another floor to start, have, a, have a quick chat with so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. I got a call. Yeah. Made a cup of tea. I mean, tea. he's getting away with it, and he's and he's getting some great viewing time out of it. So I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm, kind of I'm envious I mean, of if him. you added that to dream time, think of what you could achieve. Honestly, I'd really get through it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be way ahead in my in where I'm at with the WWF experience. Uh, you know, I'm only in late '96. So I'd be I'd be at least in '98 yeah, by now. You'd I'm be sure this millennium, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got one of the scri- subscriptions then? Yeah, I've got the WWE Network, also. which nice. I, I use my free trial and now have, I'm ashamed to say have paid for a cut, at least two <laughs> months. Um, yeah, but it's well worth every penny. I'm really getting my use out of it. Do like, you follow 90s WWE on Twitter? Oh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, so good. They're brilliant. So brilliant. Uh, yeah, I mean, big shout to them. Yeah. I, I listen to Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, which is the, the show that um, Chris Skull recommended, which has like proper deep dives. I've just listened to the, their episode about Sonny, uh, if you remember Sonny from the 90s, who was the first WWF diva, very beautiful blonde. Okay. Um, she had a nine-month affair with Shawn Michaels, which uh, they go into quite a detail, quite a kid. lot of graphic detail. He in is a sexy podcast. boy. He, he is. is a sexy boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I like that is a three-hour episode. There are episodes that are five hours long of wow. this podcast. I haven't got done a five-hour one, but wow. they do um, deep dives into like SummerSlam '96, where you can like watch along with them. And oh, this like is that. a comment, a running commentary. Yeah, it's alongside it, uh, but, it's, but it's got. But so Bruce Pritchard played Brother Love in um, if you remember him he yeah. used to be ma- yeah. manager yep. he also did some other segments but he was a talent manager and kind of script writer on in WWF uh, for gotcha. years and he's still there so he has like a vast knowledge and reveals loads of secrets and great and stories goes as into well. gossip That's... and it is amazing and it's an amazing podcast I think but I, s- I kind of hate Chris Gull for recommending it because <laughs> it's, I've, taken over it's your honestly life. <laughs> like that and the WWE Network is all I do now 
I think I still have all my old WWF cassettes at my parents' house oh, as well, amazing. like Royal Rumble '92, Summer Slams, yeah. all various. Yeah, quite a few of them. Yeah, well, I loved get it. your free trial on the WWF. Yeah, I can, and yeah, you can I, revisit them in. You'll definitely forget to cancel it and then be so glad you did. Well, be, I still keep up with what happened. Like, I don't really watch it very much, but I still keep up. Like, I still follow them on social media oh, right. and sort of like keep up to date with what's going on because you know that's again that's a bit of a nostalgia thing for me. Yeah. But also, um, I'm just kind of interested to see how mm. the business is going because I find the whole business fascinating. Yeah, they really absolutely go into fascinating. It. They really go into it on on this podcast as well, um, mm. talking about the gate receipts. And just how much they were paying talent, yeah, yeah, the sort yeah. of contracts they had. Oh, that would be. Have they ever done a deep dive on what happened with Benoit at all? Have they done anything on Benoit? You know what? I don't think they have. And I is that because yeah. he's still involved with, or, or I guess because there's so much, you know, in terms of how those athletes are treated in terms of what their contracts are like and yeah. how over a barrel they are. Like that seems like quite an interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, there's to me. definitely talk. There's like episodes about the, the drug scandals mm, and yeah. things like that they do go in like into detail about those because they don't things. get paid if they're injured do they so no, they, so, you, so you're having people who've got serious neck and sort of like bo- broken bodies who are going out to wrestle because they have to because they, they won't get paid yeah. otherwise and also back, certainly back in the 90s the, the wrestlers did they had to pay it cover all their own expenses and so when they were touring round mm. lots of wrestlers were literally driving in carpools like so that you know you'd have like Bret Hart and yeah. Shawn Michaels and not these people but all yeah, in the yeah. same car but driving like thousands of miles up and down the country then like going to Denny's so that because they <laughs> to keep their costs down because they're having to pay for their own hotels own travel own like food and yet they're the biggest stars in like American yeah, sports right. I guess it's like the top 1% were the only ones who actually yeah, earned any exactly. money but yeah. I love all those sort of like on 90s WWE the Twitter and sometimes sort of old wrestlers they post pictures from the 90s of like all the gang like with beers yeah. in hand they get hammered every like oh most nights yeah more than hammered I listened, to, I listened to Chris Jericho's podcast for a while yeah, as well and right. I, I found yeah, yeah. that really interesting as well um, I haven't really listened to any others but um, yeah those old sort of stories of them in the 90s like they just got absolutely hammered yeah yeah. So, well, something to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard is is well worth a listen. Definitely. Um, we should say. Well, actually, I had something from Hogger Hughes eighty four who sent us a link. Stamfordshipping.com which is a shipping company um, run by a Chelsea fan in Singapore that have ne- has named all of their boats after Chelsea players. So they've oh, got really? a, a MV Zola, an MV Drogba, an MV Lampard, an MV Di Matteo. Um, and also we got sent a number of times the Neville Southall um, oh, coronavirus yes. tweet that was uh, going around this week which was excellent people keep going on about washing their hands to stop getting coronavirus just give them gloves as a lot of people say I caught fuck all when I wore mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's a good character yeah, Neville, Neville's, Neville's amazing um, final bit of correspondence from me is an item from Neil Perini friend of the show he has been inspired to send us a new quiz format which we're calling Neil Stalger so it's only 90s and noughties based questions and so he has sent in a question for us goalkeeping legend Kevin Pressman holds the record for the fastest ever red card in the English Football League as he was sent off for Sheffield Wednesday against Wolves during the first division season opener of the 2000-2001 season how many seconds did it take for him to be sent off is it 13, 18, or 23? 
There we go. So thanks to Neil Perini for sending in that first bit of nostalgia. Can I just say, I didn't need the multiple choice. (laughs) So I already know the answer, so I don't think I should answer this. No, 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 you should. It's a complete coincidence that you would be coming on. I I gave him no brief at all for this. Um, I just said it had to be 90s or noughties based, and immediately he went with Kevin Pressman. I I do remember that sending off, but I I mean, I'm just going to guess 23 because... uh, I I was going... Did he say 17? Was that one of the options? 18. 18. I'm going with that one. Yeah. It's 13 seconds. Not usually known for his speed. The big man was sent off after 13 seconds. Ah, so there we go. What, what's interesting about that game? So we we ended up drawing that game one one. Andy Booth got an equaliser for us, but that was the first game for us outside the Premier League. We got relegated the season before. First game in the in, in the in Divi- old Division One. I'm ready. I'm there. I'm sat down. We're going to win the league. We're going to go straight back to the oh, Premier wow. League. The most Sheffield Wednesday thing that could happen, our goalkeeper was sent off after 13 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> that is exceptional. Yeah, it was amazing. But yeah, we got a point out of it. Good point. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that is impressive to get a point after. But I guess you, uh, when you play with 10 men, you get behind the ball, don't you? And just yeah. Yeah. stay compact. Who was the replacement then? That's what I was wondering. Oh, I think it was a goalkeeper who was since faded into the goal. It was a goalkeeper. It was a goalkeeper. <laughs> you won't have heard of. It was a guy called Chris Stringer, I think. Uh, okay. Who, who, who went in goal. I think, I, and I also think that that was his debut as well, I think. Oh. So, yeah. You've yeah. got your gloves on, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's 13 <laughs> seconds into the game. <laughs> I've never played before. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for that, that question, Pazza. That's going to yeah, be a regular thing. It will feature, be a regular thing, Neil Stalja. We'll hear more from him <laughs> week by week. Thank you, Neil. Um, so, at this juncture, we should see how we do a feature every week, uh, Tom, where we get toddlers to pick our captains, or someone sends in their child or a friend of the family um, to pick their captain for the next game week. For my captain this week. Yeah. Yeah. I choose? Previously, we had Olive from Walton, who chose Mohamed Salah ahead of Kevin De Bruyne because of... A popular choice. Yeah. It's always Salah. <laughs> it's always Salah, and got nice hair. Uh, she picked him because of his lovely boobies. Yeah. Boobies? Yeah, so the picture she was shown by her father was one of him with his, with his shirt off, and so she chose him for that reason. Olive, Olive is three. We should point okay. this out. Great. Uh, so that was for two game weeks uh, for 27-28. So Mo scored seven in 27 and two in 28. Well, KDB got three in 27 and then didn't appear in 28. So it's a resounding victory yeah. for the Toddlers. Well done. Which I think moves them to 15-11. Okay, we'll have to consult the records, but that does yeah. sound about right. Hang on, the Toddlers are winning 15-11. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Last yeah. season, I think they won by two. They won points. by two. They've led all season this, yeah. this season. Very much the Liverpool of this little, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This little scenario. They're really thrashing the rest Just of the adults. Just streak ahead and uh, yeah, wreak havoc. That so, reminds me of uh, my mate worked at a very short-lived betting paper in the beginning of the noughties and they had a feature where he would literally ask his mate's girlfriends to send in their like their score predictions 
predictions Brilliant. versus like who had no idea about it had yeah. no, had nothing to do with football no idea no clue whatsoever and they won pretty much every single yeah. week versus people whose job this it was this is what we're trying to prove yeah. is this that is it's, it's all luck FPL <laughs> <laughs> is a complete all joke. Luck, yeah diving into stats yeah. and form and watching it's yeah. all yeah. non XG but get rid of it just, just ask a child just ask a child yeah so this this week we've had one this drops into our inbox yeah we've had one sent in by I, I, I think there's a bit of a yeah, it, well, I'm suspicious. Have, we'll get your opinion afterwards, Tom. But but this this came from um, from from Jeff Jones, and I mean that sent, name alone is a little sus, right? So we're often we're often called out for not having enough regional accents on the show, and yeah. I think this is a and we have we have mentioned it. But anyway, let's uh, let's play it and, and see what they had to say. Okay, Jim. So. Would you like for your captain to choose Pierre Omoric Ibamiang or Mohamed Salah of Liverpool? Salah, because Liverpool might win the, the league. I think they've already got the league one. Any other reasons? No. Thanks, Bob. I think the main reason is that I, I don't think he knew how to say Aubameyang's name. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a, I mean, it's, it's a tongue twister. Yeah. But um, we, we, the, yeah. the, the, young, the young child doing and trying try to do a regional accent is a, or, 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 doing a deeper accent. Like, and it's the young child confusing. called Bob as well. Well, he, he, we noticed he was called Jim. Jim and Bob. He was asked as Jim and told thanks, Bob. So... Um, <laughs> That is our, our dollar cab set this week. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Jeff, for sending it in. We have yeah. um, Jeff, Jeff, Bob, and Jim. We, we, we're great, grateful to have received <laughs> little, it. We have some little baby Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, or baby Jim feels yeah. Yeah. not enough. Baby Jim and Bob's around yeah. these days. It's um, but anyway. So yeah, they, they they've gone with. Who did they actually choose? Salah. They chose Salah. Which, Salah. It's always yeah. bloody. Like, it's always it's always Salah. So that at least is authentic, but. Um, yeah, I think they could be. I think Aubameyang's probably a better shout with the double yeah. game we come yeah, up. Yeah, I do. Agree. agree. These Northerners know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> These so-called Northerners. So really, all that's left to um, to do is have a little look forward to next next game week. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you you're, you're kind of you're, you're pushing for Europe potentially in the league. Are you? Um, have you got any? What what are your planned moves this weekend? So I think I think I've I, I've got. There's those pesky little triangles against the names Vardy and Traore, who have been mm-hmm. stalwarts of my team for a while. I think I'm probably going to keep Traore, but I think now is the week that I get rid of Vardy. So it's who do I get in? And I've got to, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, and, and put Hotter in, haven't I? Surely. Yeah. It's so, a good shout. I mean, we never boom. follow our own tips. So. <laughs> <laughs> be, yeah, break the curve and actually actually do it. Yeah, well, Wolves are at home to Brighton, which you know you would feel like, given their form, is a pretty plum fixture. It's tough with Leicester being at home to Villa, but he blanked last week, didn't he, Vardy? I mean, I, I called time on him a couple of weeks ago and brought him in as mm. back in, which I was pleased about. But if you decide to keep Vardy in, that's an absolute sign that he's going to be back in the side and score a hat trick this weekend. If I'm taking him out, because that's <laughs> yeah. just the rule, doesn't it? That's yeah, what that's, happens. All, that's what always happens. always the rule. The only other thing I will say is that I am astounded and impressed and 
blown away by how Sheffield United are doing this season. I think they're, yeah. I think it's incredible, but I will absolutely categorically not have a Sheffield United oh, player excellent. in my team. I am that level of petty. I don't well, care. I don't care if the difference between if I was second in the league and the difference was, you know, 5 points or something like that, I still would not put a Sheffield United player in my team. That is how petty I am. And also I'm getting to the point where it's like you've had your fun now, lads. Come on. Like, yeah, can yeah. you start losing some games can you now? Just sink this? down the just table. Hopefully this is a bit like do you remember Ipswich's season when they came up into the Premier League yeah they were third third for a long time finished fourth or fifth I think and got into Europe and then got relegated the next season I don't see that happening with Sheffield United unfortunately I think Wilder is an incredible manager yeah he's not a I I think he's just going to stay there because I don't think any of the bigger clubs are going to want to hire him because of the he's not a glamorous no no one's going to hire him who's going to hire him like any of the top six going to hire him no like he's just going to stay with Sheffield United and try and build something there which is what he's doing I think he's doing an incredible job even though it pains me to say it yeah it's yeah, sure. and they're <laughs> at home against Norwich, Sheffield United. So uh, again, it's, I, I fancy them. Yeah, yeah, I would say clean sheet. Yeah, and definitely. Couple goals. of goals there. Um, what else is interesting? Leicester Villa. We obviously talked about Vardy. Um, Burnley Spurs is an interesting one. I kind of feel like that's a hard one to call. Yeah, Burnley are, it's the Burnley mix are of four, right isn't it? Yeah, Burnley have turned it round. They're keeping clean sheets, and Spurs can't can't score for buttons. So it's a that could be a shout for a for a, you know for a clean sheet for Burnley and Burnley. Yeah. I've got I've got. Um, uh, Tarkovsky my yeah, side, Tarkovsky's side. A great, great player I think he's about 5, 5.1 I think last time I checked so yeah I'm hoping for a clean sheet from him yeah and then obviously Wolves Brighton is uh, very appealing yeah, with Brighton is. not in the best shape how do you predict, predict Man United Man City oh it's difficult isn't it yeah really difficult because United, United are still knocking on the door of fourth which is just crazy. absurd given the season they've had yeah. it just shows the gulf that there is between like Liverpool and the rest of the league yeah, the, absolutely the but I mean Fernandez just he is fixture proof because he just takes all the set pieces mm. so the chances are if they do anything he's going to be part mm. of it City have got it all to do haven't they they've got obviously one eye on their Liverpool. next game in, in the Champions League which is they need they need to pull out something special there they so do. it's a Wednesday are playing them tonight in the FA Cup. Yeah. Oh yes, they are going to murder us. <laughs> yes, but they that's, are going uh, to murder us. That's that Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's yeah. As we're recording tonight, Wednesday, yeah. So it's it's. I'm I'm dreading it. I'm absolutely dreading it. Yeah. The way we've been playing recently, we've got no midfield, like no, no sort of reinv- our defenders don't trust each other at the moment. Like one mm. mistake and their their heads are gone. It's really bad at the moment. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm. Hopefully, they're going to be in the mood to rest. I mean, even if they did rest De Bruyne, who are they going to bring in? Like, they're probably going to. Who are they going to bring yeah, in? They're bring probably going to play. Like, they're just dropping David Silver in there. Yeah, they they have a two world class 11s so Yeah, it's a, so the rotation doesn't not really help. To that. Yeah, and he's absent tonight. But what would Rob be saying about Palace Watford? Do you think? Um, he'd be very fearful I think yeah I mean they're good at home Palace but Watford I mean after that Liverpool win they're going to have such a bounce and spring in their step and they look like they stretch teams I mean Saar who I tipped he's genuinely full of pace and he's now playing out wide Um, and I think he's getting a bit more of the ball with Delefeo's injury Um, and Deeney's in sparkling form isn't he Mm. and he's just a bully to any defence so I would fancy them to stretch Palace 
Watford need some more inspiration based on the uh, what what song was it that was played that was stuck on repeat in their dressing oh, room? Oh, Sean Paul. Sean, Sean Paul, Paul Temperature. <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, Temperature. That was stuck on repeat for half an hour yeah, in the yeah, home yeah. dressing room ahead of the Liverpool match. So That was the difference. Yeah, yeah it is. Sean Paul going. is the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Get him on your song, he's the difference. Play him in the changing room before your game. It's a difference. <laughs> he's the difference. He is, he's a differential. Sean <laughs> he Paul, really is. I reckon he'd be at least six million. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably playing holding, opposition as well. Yeah, like so yeah. Holding playing midfielder, midfielder, I'd say. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's if you've exactly got Sean it. Paul double ca- triple captain yeah. in this weekend, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's yeah. a tip. <laughs> Basically, the John Lundstrom of uh, <laughs> the first half of the season, isn't he? So, Tom, what's uh, what's next for you? What's uh, what, what have you got planned with uh, with monkey tennis and various other things? Yeah, so we recorded the most recent series at the weekend. Um, we're going to put that out at the beginning of April. There is definitely going to be more new Allen this year when it comes. We're not 100% sure, but that will be keeping us busy as well. We normally drop a, we normally drop a series sort of around the springtime and then again in the autumn. So we'll be looking for you know hopefully two series of that this year and um, yeah and, and just kind of keeping up to date with what Allen is doing next because I think there's there's appetite for him. Um, I think we'll you know as long as he remains on our screens he'll keep us busy so which is good because you know it's 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 four mates sitting in a room talking about partridge and um it's it's it, it's sort of one of my favorite weekends of the of the year when we get together and do that so um yeah he's keeping us busy but that's good that's fantastic Always good. Mm-hmm. and any any plans for any more live podcasts i know you guys did a few not at the moment no we we did some live shows yeah we did them we did a live show at the uh, well two live shows at the prince charles cinema where we covered alpha papa um, and then another one where we covered me knowing knowing me knowing you all. Um, we've done live shows at um, Comic Con and the London Podcast Festival, and we did a little tour as well. There's nothing coming up for Alan that makes sense to do. The, the mm. only thing that we would potentially do something for is if we got a really incredible guest like an Ianucci or a Coogan mm. or something yeah. like that, and we and we built something around that. Yeah. But at the moment, I think we've covered the major Partridge properties that would draw people to. Yeah. So um, so I think. Unless we can get something locked in with sort of one of the major talents from the show, not called, not saying that Stephen Mangan and, and um, uh, Michael the Geordie, Simon Greenall aren't major major sort of talents, and and we were they were incredible when we had them on the live shows. But you know, I think in order to get bums on seats, I think at this stage because we've covered most of the major Partridge stuff, it would need to be something based around talent. So we are very much uh, hopeful that that will happen one day as well. Lock in Leighton Baines. That's the yeah, yeah that's exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Key, I mean, yeah. I'm probably going to walk out of here and think, why didn't I say X, Y, Z? But yeah, Leighton Baines, big fan of the '90s. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tom. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. But yeah. before you go, beer of the week. Oh yes, oh, you're on the, yeah. on the non alkies I'm on the non alkies I really, really enjoyed this Nirvana Brewery Hoppy Pale Ale here, which is uh, taste notes refreshing and light, citrus and floral, dry bitter finish. Proudly low alcohol. I really enjoyed that. Nirvana, very good. Right. Nirvana are always good. I, they are. You know what? I finally delved into the bag and dipped, picked out that Loca Lola that that's been floating around forever. The oh. cherry cola sour. How was it? It's actually all right. Was it really? <laughs> it yeah. just tastes like cherry cola, but alcoholic. <laughs> I mean, I definitely would only ever want one can, yeah. but it's fine. Totally we, we have acceptable. A, we have a lucky dip bag, and that one has kind of remained untouched for a while. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I had the, uh, the Lucky Saint uh, 0.5 unfiltered lager, which was very nice. So, good beers all round. Yeah. yeah. We'll post those on the socials so you we can uh, get yourself some of those. Right. 
Well, thanks for coming, Tom. Wish you all the best for the release of the new season. We'll uh, we'll look forward to that dropping in April and certainly be tuning in. And uh, keep us abreast of your progress in the uh, Fantasy Football All-Star League. Yeah, of course. And yeah. in Football Manager. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to go home and play a little bit of uh, CM9798 <laughs> now. Nice. Brilliant. Probably Brilliant. got great seasons extra city on the go. Nice. Awesome. Like him. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks again for joining us. Cheers, guys. Thank thanks. you. Bye-bye. 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 Review my daddy's podcast so he doesn't get 